Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm delighted to announce that beer52.com and ourselves at For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast have come together to offer you guys something nice for the Christmas. Before the 17th of December, if you go to beer52.com forward slash love and you cover the $5.95 postage, you'll be able to claim your free case of 10 beers. 10 beers for the price of postage. Seems like a no-brainer to me. So get to beer52.com forward slash love and pay the $5.95 postage and you'll be able to claim your free case of beers. Just to let you know as well that Beer52, they're a beer club like no other. They send their experts all around the globe to find the best beers. Just like I'm sure Johan Lange is doing at the moment, sending our scouts everywhere to try and find the best players to help us kick on in the Premier League and on towards Europe. Also, each month, Beer52 members will receive the Ferment magazine, which will tell you a lot that you need to know about any of the beers, breweries, and themes, if that's something that you're interested in. You'll also get two delicious snacks to wash down uh, with those frothy tins of goodness also. You can select dark beers, you can select light beers, you can select mixed cases, whatever tickles your fancy, you can do it there. Just want to remind you guys as well that after redeeming your first case, you will join the monthly beer club, which is £24 per month. But remember, there is no minimum commitment. You can pause or cancel at any time. So that's beer52.com forward slash love and pay the 5 95 postage to claim your case of 10 beers. And I hope you enjoy that offer. Now here's today's podcast. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Palmer Brad podcast. Um, we're here today on a very, very great day because Aston Villa are six points from six under Stephen Gerrard. Uh, obviously, Villa have uh, just beaten Crystal Palace. Well, when I say just beaten in the last uh, last twenty four hours or so, I've beaten Crystal Palace, and uh, you know it's been 
it was it, it was a, a completely different showing I think that we've seen seen for the last couple of weeks and the last couple of uh, games Aston Villa played and uh, Paddy wasn't there but I know that he watched it intently and uh, I'm delighted to um, to be able to chat to him about it tonight. Before that though, Paddy, talk to me a little bit about uh, uh, you know about some of the games that you saw today. A lot of snow, a lot of the games it was like like the old days. You know, games were. were <laughs> Well, games were called off, but uh, other games were were nearly called off at half time because of snow, and it was uh, reminded me of the mid nineties, you know, when you'd wake up during December and fingers crossed matches might actually be on. Well, it's not so long ago that we we had one cancelled ourselves. I remember going to mm. see Villa QPR mm, a few years. Was it? And well, it was QPR one anyway, definitely. And, and we we never got on the flight because we knew there was going to be a problem with the other side. So. Uh, that's only maybe four or five years ago, from what I remember. But, uh, yeah, it was like something out of the 90s, looking at Sean Dyche there in his short and tie while everyone was wrapped up to the nines. I think that would be the abiding image of today. Um, and and why, with all their money, have Man City not got a significant undersoil heating system is beyond me. So... All of these, all of these things are, are questions that need to be answered. Did, did somebody forget to turn it on? Maybe. <laughs> very strange. Yeah. Moment, and it's, in fairness to the stewards, I thought the stewards did a great job. I think they were very lucky that the, the snow stopped at halftime, but uh, I think it was delayed by about ten minutes. So they got a full feel for what twenty-five minutes halftime breaks will feel like if they want to move that way in the future, which was muted during the week. Yeah, and uh, there's no way that that 25 game uh, or that 25 minute halftime kind of crack is going to come through. I think that was that's that's a bit mad, a bit mad thinking. And thanks a million to Macadamia for letting me know that my um, I was talking to completely the wrong mic. Some of you may have noticed that behind me is a small bit different. I'm finally out in my office. It may be a small bit echoey here at the moment, as I am. You know, I'm just going to get some. Some nice little trolls for the ground, you know, going to make it nice and nice and comfortable, that kind of a thing. But I said I need to get uh, need to get the background started first, but it is a bit echoey here, so I do um I do apologize about that. Um, but yeah, Paddy, let's talk a small bit about um about about Crystal Palace uh, versus Villa yesterday, or Villa versus. Probably Crystal better. Palace, That's what we're here Villa. for. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. We might as well might as well talk about what we what we came in to talk about. But um, and, and we were obviously on for the team sheet tantrum and. You know, there was, there was a couple of surprises in there. Obviously, Ashley Young was playing, and it was, uh, um, we weren't really sure whether it was going to be a four-two-three-one or it was going to be a four-three-three. But uh, we came out of the tra- came out of the traps like a you know like a bullet, uh, and we started quickly. And a lot of that that quick early press came from um, a lot of that quick early kind of movement. Should I say came from those two lads up front to play behind Watkins? And while it wasn't Watkins' best day, I still think he played okay. You know. Yes, the ball bounced off him a small bit, and, but 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 he, he he had a lot of he was very in, industrious and look he wasn't the Watkins of twenty twenty and we completely understand that but mm-hmm. I think what we saw yesterday away from home is something that I haven't seen for quite a while and it was the the front three played they, they played coherently I thought and I thought that they were a bit more of a threat to that to, to Crystal Palace in the first half how was your view on it. Yeah, well, I think I think the key to this system, and let's face it, I think this is the way it's going to be going forward. I think I think he's he's addressed the the team fully over the last couple of weeks, and they know exactly how they want to play. So we're, we're going to see this system in every game. That's what he did at Rangers. I'd imagine that's what he's going to do from now on. Um, 
the the three up top are tight together, the three in midfield are tight together, especially when we lose the ball. Um it's it's working. It's worked the last two games. We we've let them have the ball. We haven't overly pressed. Um as a result, their statistics tell us that the others had the ball for longer. I'm completely fine with that as long as the the, the statistic in the top of the screen which tells us who's winning the bloody match is is all that matters to me. Um it'll be interesting to see how the how the system works out against a team like Manchester City who are going to push us back into our box. So it's it's going to be an eye opener on Wednesday night, but I still think he believes in it. He thinks it'll work at this level and he's going to keep it up until it doesn't. But be thankful for what we had because I really enjoyed yesterday. Um, as I said, despite them having 70% possession, they never looked like they were going to get a goal. I know they did in the end, and we'll get to that in a while. But uh yeah, the early goal, the early goal helped us, and I was a lot more relaxed after. And let's talk about that little that that, that early goal because the the less than legal stream that I was watching at the time, um it cut out just as Matty Target was about to kick the ball, and then it came back just as they were kicking off, and I could see one nil in the top corner. Now, <laughs> obviously, I did get to see it subsequently, but um, that goal, I think, for Matty Target, you know, if you were to pick a player on the field to have a good game, to to, to hit the ground running since Steven Gerrard came in, I think in my heart and soul it would have been Matty Target because he's been much maligned um, realistically since the start of the season. Cause, and, and realistically... But he's he's been maligned correctly as well because he just didn't hit the ground running this season. He gave mm-hmm. that interview where he was broken against Southampton. And yeah. then he comes back and he gave an interview last night. And of course, he was all smiles. He was like the Cheshire Cat. And it just shows mm-hmm. that like two weeks or three weeks is a long, long time in football. And and for him to get a goal, I was absolutely chuffed for him. I was delighted for him. But Paddy, was there any way in the wide earthly world that that's exactly where Ashley Young wanted to cross that ball to. Oh, I tell you, he was aiming for Mings. <laughs> and, uh, and in fairness, Mings made enough of a trouble of himself to to for the ball to carry through. And I actually thought he should have hit first time. And we, we get to a similar situation with the second goal, but I thought he was going to swipe it the first time. But he was cool, calm and measured, took, the, took his touch and absolutely buried it. And I was delighted for him. I was absolutely delighted. You know, we're... we're we're big fans of his, although earlier in the season I said he's been taken out of there and taken out of the firing line. I'll hold my hands up and say he's fought back. He looks like a player who's enjoying his football again. And I hope to God that was only a blip at the start of this season and he now goes and starts enjoying the game again. Yeah, it's like, as, as I said, you, you mentioned it earlier on, the early goal kind of really settles this team. And this is something that's carried over from last year as well. You know, when we scored early last year, we were good at holding on to a lead. Take the Wolves game out of it as well this season. That's why the Wolves game was such an anomaly. You know, the Wolves yeah. game was, was such a, a confidence breaker, uh, whatever you want to call it, because we just hadn't given away two and two goal leads before. You know, if we even got into a one goal lead last season, we were more than likely coming away from coming away from it with a win. You just have to look at Arsenal, and, and I know the Leicester game was like a 91st-minute winner from, from Ross Barkley, but you just even look at, you know, there's some games where we had smash and grabs, and um, and that wasn't happening this season. But it, it, it that early goal seemed to really, really settle the team, and it allowed our midfield to play really well. And, and, and John mentioned here in the comments as well about Nakamba. He looks like a world-beater in the last two games. Um, that's exactly... 
like like he's he's looked really good, but I think the reason that he's looked really good is because he's just holding his position. And 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 I think that's what this midfield needs. But mm. talk to me about the midfield three, Paddy, and what you saw saw well, from I, yesterday yourself. I think I think the Campbell one is a good place to start. And for me, it seems like when we don't have the ball, we're very close together, and it's like it's like we're we're tackling in twos, sometimes trees, depending on how deep we are when, when we're defending. As a result, that breaking ball has fallen to Nakamba. He's seen a lot more of the ball, and the, if you if you notice, the fullbacks are getting into position, nearly ready for that ball to break, and he's get that's why his pass percentage is so high. Um, I didn't see what it was yesterday. Somebody said it was either ninety percent or higher. I'm not sure. Who was that? Nakamba was it? Nakamba, yeah. Nakamba, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, cer- I certainly felt that way. Um, but like it, it's amazing, you know, when, when we're closing someone down, you could tr- you could throw a blanket, and you're definitely going to hit two of the midfielders for that reason. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like um, for those that are listening that ever watched Gaelic football, it's like when the ball is kicked out into the middle of the park. And the midfielder goes up to catch it, and there's a fella underneath him waiting on that breaking ball. We just seem to have someone there waiting on that breaking ball every time a tackle is mm. made in midfield, which it's 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 effective and it's working, and I hope it always does. But uh, we, we we may run into um, the likes of Burnley who will do exactly the same thing and congest the midfield, and then we'll have periods of the game like we did last week where the ball completely bypassed the midfield unless unless they came with it. So. Um, yeah, it look it looks good. Uh, Nakamba looks like a world beater. I think there's great potential in that in in that fella. I think I think he's just um, a little bit misunderstood. He he came into this league very very green. I think it was going to take him time to settle, but we can see he can pass the ball. There's less pressure on him passing the ball now. There seems to be a lot more space for for someone to open up from, be it one of the the two tens or the fullbacks, as I said, who I've noticed getting into that position when the ball breaks. I think what's really kind of taking the pressure off him from a passing point of view is the fact that if you look in our midfield, we, we're not afraid to play the ball through the middle, you know, it's, which is really strange because we're, we're forcing teams to go wide. We're playing, we played with more like, like we played with two wingers up there playing in those inverted, well, they're inverted wingers, number 10s in, in, in Bailey and, uh, and Young. But we went through the middle a bit, you know, and how we did it was instead of, Lung busting runs or getting the ball to somebody to carry the ball straight through the middle. We played like, and, and this is really smart. And I'd I'd love to know who came up with it. Um, and and reading a small little bit about it, I'm not too unsure that this isn't something Aaron Danks has come up with. I've I don't have anything concrete to base it on. But basically, what what we tend to see is little one two passes, little tiny triangles in the middle of the field. One two mm. passes, move their midfielders around, bring in their wingers off the off the wing, and then go through go through the the, the center, and then it gives you the option to play it out to Bailey. And specifically in the first first half, balls were being played to feet, and the person who played the ball just ran onto it and took that one two little pass then again. Or maybe it was someone cutting in from the wing to take that take the pass from the from the wall pass from the person who was getting it as well. Simplest, it like you learn that stuff at under fourteen football. You know, you you learn that 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 stuff then. But it's it, it's actually it it's the easiest thing in football to do when you're learning. But when you get to those high levels, everybody's expecting it, so they can cut it out very easily. But Aston Villa found a way, and they did it. They did it to a smaller degree against Brighton as well. But they found a way to do that in the first half, and it was really good to watch. It was nice, simple stuff, and it was so good to watch, and it allowed us to get. Uh, Milovic and um, and Kuate after perch, although 
Quetta is the anti-footballer. Like he he was just immune to yellow cards yesterday. Whatever no, that referee true. saw yeah. in him yesterday was like like Quetta. He was. Oh, anyway, that's that that's that's for another day, and we're going to stay away from the referees for for as much as we possibly can. But by move by using that, it, we were able to play their, 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 those two central midfielders and get them off their perch. And and you know you look, you think back to the West Ham game that we played. If you try to run at those centre midfielders and you don't try and move them around and try and maybe play the like think the ball past them and stuff like that, you're not going to get around Suchek and and Rice and 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 the two lads that they had there as well yesterday are very much in the same brutish stop you from playing football mode. Um, although the two boys from West Ham are, are are an awful lot better with the ball at their feet, so it's an interesting tactic. I really really like it. And uh, and so far so good. Whether it's going to be a staple in in. Uh, during the week against against Man City, we'll have to see. But it was it was refreshing, and it allowed to allowed good things here. And I know I'm speaking for ages in this, but it, it allowed some really good things because Jacob Ramsey's full of running, John McGinn's full of running, and if they get that ball and they can play that little wall pass off of Leon Bailey or off of Ali Watkins or off of off of Ashley Young like they were, they're gonna mm. they're just gonna want to bomb onto it anyway. So it's playing to their strengths as well at the same time. Also, Paddy, in when we were out of possession. What I liked about the midfield was that, uh, and, and this has been widely documented, I spoke to Dan Bardell about it in the Villa View and we were both in agreement, we both said it beforehand, he saw it at the game, I saw it on TV, whereby Young and Bailey came right in close and, 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 and almost kind of marshaled inside of the field, whereas Ramsey and, and McGinn pushed into the half spaces. So what it allowed us to do was allowed our fullbacks to kind of push up a small bit higher and to keep mm-hmm. Zaha and Elise honest. And, and and we could see that the two Zan and Elisa weren't great during the game. But if the fullbacks got beaten, the two boys in McGinn and Ramsey were there to cover back. And you could see Ramsey covered a couple of times, especially when Matt Target went forward. But even when we're out of position, Ramsey was over there to help too. So it's yeah. just intelligent structured stuff, Paddy. I think is that's my really long-winded way of saying there was some really nice intelligent structured stuff <laughs> uh, that went on there in midfield that that was interesting to see because it, we came from coaching manual one or one, and sometimes that's probably the easiest thing to do, or that's the best thing to do when you're trying to install a new system is to make it as simple as possible. Of course, and it's simple if we if we can break it down so easily in in two games. I hope that the, the players are picking it up fairly easily as well. Um. Did we pick up a fifth yellow card? We didn't, did we? No. No, McGinn didn't get yellow carded. Mings okay. didn't get yellow carded, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was just McGinn and Mings, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Don't know why that was playing in my mind there for a second. So we will have a full, <laughs> full compliment during the week. Um, just taking a for like, I know you you've, you mentioned the referee there. I thought he was pretty poor. Yeah, before we, before we go off it, like Jesus Christ, I, I don't know what he was trying to do, I don't know who he was trying to prove himself to, but he, he let everything go absolutely everything go. Uh, with three penalty shouts, one realistic one, I thought, yeah. the early one, the fourth one, the guy just stood in front of Watkins. You've seen them given if, if that's Bruno Fernandez, that's a penalty all day long. I thought but the second not- one was the was the penalty because you're because Watkins, while he had the ball, was turned and just got a, a forearm into the back. You know, it was for me, it was mm. a clear push, but I think it was the fact that he was going away from goal. You know, that this they probably did him in, but um, yeah. But look, he, he was a poor referee. I'm not, I'm not going to gloss over that fact. I just thought he was absolutely abysmal. The one thing I will say. 
is on the red cards incident, that's exactly what we brought VAR in for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clap on the back, the minute he was going over to have another look, well, the minute we looked at the replay, we knew we'd be going over to have another look. Um, you could see why he gave it, but there was absolutely zero contact. And in fairness to the Crystal Palace guy, he didn't roll around on the ground looking for a red card either. Nope. So credit where it's due on that one. Yeah, it's uh, that, that the red card, you know, in real time, even on the TV, I kind of looked at it and I went, oh, that was going to be a harsh red card. Like, it was more the fact that the Douglas Louise at her last position or kind of, and he did kind of lunge, but he, but he didn't catch the player at all, you know. Mm. So, um, and, and, and I was watching, I was watching, oh, geez, who was a Coventry and Birmingham. Is that on Friday night? I was watching Wood Night, anyway. All the nights roll into one now at the moment. <laughs> but I was watching that for my sins, and Ryan Woods got sent off. And it was a ridiculous lunge from behind, but he barely, like, he just tripped your man up. But it was just a ridiculous, like, no effort to play the ball. And he got a red card, and it was probably harsh, but I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. You know, I think that should have been a red card. I'm a big fan of of that because it was just just scumbag play, to be honest with you. Whereas this one from Louise was a small bit different. And uh, I'm glad that VAR saw our sense and and gave me a yellow card because, you know, I, I, I I just... Genuinely didn't think it was it was a red itself, but um, getting on to the to the second goal. When we spoke about the first goal, Paddy, second goal was um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, obviously, substitutions played their part in it, and this is something that is interesting to see. And where Gazi has been on the field for seventy five percent of all Aston Villa's goals in uh, um, <laughs> since. Uh, <laughs> You know, since since coming to play, but yeah. uh, or since Jared has come into play, but um, the the one thing the one thing that's been lost in this goal. Now we'll get on we'll get on to the actual finish and the ball from El Ghazi, but I invite everyone to go and have a look at the ball Buendia played to El Ghazi. <laughs> and you just go, you you like people that say, "Oh, Buendia, come on, he did nothing. He set up that goal. It was just a sublime pass, ne- nearly a backwards pass." into the path of El Ghazi. And I said earlier, we'll, we'll get on to the, the, the when I said that Maddie, Maddie Target should have hit it first time, I was screaming at El Ghazi to hit it. I was going, for fuck's sake, hit the ball. <laughs> and then he squared it. I'm like, oh my God. Exactly the same thing I did for Watkins last week when he cut inside. I was like, oh my God. Next thing, gives it to John again and boom. Paddy, do, a, you think a, in, do you think in a million years then where El Ghazi would have passed that ball like, like, and once again, I'm not going to sit here and rewrite history and say that we had a problem with Dean Smith. We absolutely didn't. But that's exactly a thing where Amor Gazi gets two feet off the ground, taking a shot, trying to lash it into the back of the net. And he just played it across the box and let John McGuinn, you know, curl one, curl one into, the, in, into the side of the net. Um, but yeah, what a goal. There must have been about 20 passes as well in the build-up. It was a really, really well-worked goal. We moved Crystal Palace across the field and we moved them back again. And that's something that's beautiful to watch because that shows that you've got them. You've got the ball on the string, number one. You've got them on the string as well. And, and especially when you're 1-0 up and you get a second goal like that, it can be a real deflator for a team and it can be a real inflator for the team that you're playing for. So, like, the, the finish was absolutely sublime. That ball, as you mentioned from Buendio, is just brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant and he just come on like recently as well in the game and, mm-hmm. and same with Anwar so um the sub- substitutions made a difference and and substitutions made a difference against Brighton as well so um it's nice to get good purchase out of that you know and and, and as long as that continues with Steven Gerrard well then you can't really 
uh, give out about yeah. his team selections. You know, but, so but, but also a, bear in mind that we're we're nearly back to a full complement. This is it. So we addressed yesterday how much talent was on that bench. So if if you can't draw on them to change a game, what can we do? You know, absolutely. Like, and we've we've mentioned the three subs that came on there all had pivotal moments in the game. One was Douglas Lewis not getting sent off, and then the <laughs> other one was Bundia and, and El Ghazi setting up the the game winning mm-hmm. goal. You know, which was absolutely fantastic, and yeah. you know, what a celebration as well from John McGinn. You know, the goggles celebration. Um, if anybody has a has an explanation for it. Please let us know because uh, still not 100% sure what it's about. I know he did it in some video that they had sometime last year, maybe the year before. There was some fad or craze, but uh, it's a class celebration. I really like it. Can't do it myself, though. Can't do it myself. And before we move off Douglas Louise, he, I think he was brought on to Marshall Eze, who started to get mm-hmm. into the game. And the yep. minute Douglas Louise came on, Eze disappeared. He was non-existent. Yep. So he did his job that he came on for. And you know we probably would have t- would have saw that as a defensive substitution to make, but he was excellent. He did his job. Mm, exactly, absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the comments here because uh, mm-hmm. there's some really really good ones inside there. Paul Thomas, lads were fantastic yesterday. Youngy, super jam again, and marvelous Marv were cracking. That goal for Target will do him the world of good. Absolutely, I 100% agree there. Um, and Carol, this is this is actually something that I definitely agree with. Ooh. Yeah, we were comfortable up until 85 minutes. We soaked up a bit more pressure in the second half and we had to go great in there, all right? Mm. But I still, like their goal, I think, and we never actually even talked about their goal, Paddy, but I think their goal was, uh, it was something out of nothing. You know, I don't think that anyone can really hold their hand up and say, oh, Jesus, they made a massive mistake about it. Even the goalkeeper, you know, I was watching the game with uh, with my dad and, and, and when it went in, I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, could Emmy Martinez have done a small bit better? But even the way it comes off the sole of... Uh, of, of guys' uh, foot, you know, they take weird trajectories. And you, unless you're coming out Peter Schmeichel esque and spreading your body, you know, mm. if you're on your line, you're only going to get lucky if you get down in time. You know, it's one of those ones that kind of yeah. just squirt in the side. I don't think there was anything wrong with his position either. It was just one no, of those there ones. There wasn't. You know? No. And, you know, I'd, I'd say he, he's pissed off at himself that it went in. I'd say Jared is pissed off that it went in. He didn't say too much afterwards about it, but a clean sheet. Would have been the twentieth of his career in his fiftieth appearance. That, that that would have been some statistic. Yeah. That uh, two in every five, you're you're keeping a clean sheet. I think that's a, I think that's a measure of the man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Owen says uh, I can see Ings coming back in and Watkins moving to the left against City. Ings' work rate would help us. Might be, might be the case. Ings just coming back from injury. You know, mm. might be something to do. You know, a bit more fox in the box mentality. But then again, Watkins up front, moving their moving their defenders around. Laporte is going to be out now. Get for for City. You know, uh, they probably just bring like who are they going to bring back in? They've got John a multitude. Of, John Stones, yeah, John Stones come back in again. You know, like just just an England defender, just come off the bench. Um, but we'll see. And I'm still looking forward to that City game, much and all as it's um. Uh, you know, as as it can be a bit daunting to think that far forward, I suppose, towards that game. Wayne says, love Jared's passion. We'll have a good season from here. Yeah, something that I think he needed to show. He needed to show passion for this club. And, you know, he absolutely has. And and, and so far, I think he's he's stealing the hearts of a lot of the fans and long may it mm-hmm. continue. Kieran O'Callaghan, Kieran, I feel so fair. Sorry for you. Paying for tickets to go to that game. I saw the view that you had. You shared it on Twitter. That's bad. That view was poor yesterday. You could only see, I'd say, about a quarter of the field. Um, so I do feel sorry for you. Yeah, I yeah. saw his photo too. It looked like he was watching the match through a letterbox. 
Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it would have been difficult. Yeah. But what you said yeah. there, he's right up at the back of the stands. It was difficult to see the game properly. But from what I could see, we played like a team enjoying the new regime. I think that's actually fair to say. In the first half, we had a swagger about us. We had a, mm. there was, there was a kind of a, a, a almost a, a schoolyard kind of feel to the football we were playing. You know, which is nice to see because you want to see players enjoying themselves. Now, I'm not a massive fan, even though when I said it was structured and disciplined, um, there was an element of of maverick about it, and it looked that way because what we played was so simple. You know, and I think that's where I, why I why I went towards the the schoolyard football piece. Mm. But um, yeah, long may it continue because if you've got happy footballers, hopefully your your footballers will 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 continue to to reap the results. And Kieran says the Villa fans were class yesterday. I absolutely thought that on the TV as well. I thought yeah. they came through, considering it's such a small ground. Obviously, the way allocation would have been small, but you could hear them throughout. And and, and oh, Crystal Palace fans are a good set of fans. There, I was just about to say that they're 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 an excellent set of fans that you can hear all throughout the game, and you could hear them. In fairness, they're 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 a decent set of fans, uh, as in. Noise wise, they they tend to make it as hostile as yeah. they can, and um, yeah. you know make it as tough as you possibly can to 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 play at. But they're we put them back in their box yesterday. Our fans I thought were excellent. You could hear them throughout the game. There was plenty of singing, and they love to sing about. In fairness, it's great to get that early goal, especially away from mm. home, because it keeps it keeps the fans on their toes. It keeps them singing, keeps them active. Um, I just uh, I just keep I just my brain just keeps going forward to Wednesday night because I would just love to see an early goal going on Wednesday night. Mm. Yeah, oh, that would be great. That would be great. You know, mm. give such a big lift to the Steve Gerrard momentum and, you know, to the to the Steve Gerrard project even. To get that early goal to ha- and, and look, if we hold on and win, Jesus, it'd be some shot in the arm for him and for the mm. team. But, uh, you know, Wednesday night, I don't think we're on TV. I think they're, go- I think they're carrying the Merseyside Derby. Um, but it would be nice to have that reverberate around. Oh, oh no, is it on Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime live on, on Wednesday. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Good thing. Good thing I'm still paying for uh, paying for Amazon Prime, even though I haven't ordered anything off Amazon for the last four years, isn't it? So it comes in handy for those one or two games in December, doesn't it? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Jeff Bezos, thank you very much. I put you into space. I'd say over the over the lack of use I get out of your 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 product. Um, um, Macadamia, this comment. Is JJ the most underrated young player in the league right now? Getting better every minute he's on the pitch. Absolutely agree. I'd say about four times yesterday, and I was sitting down, and I turned to my dad, and I said to him, I goes, Jesus, I love watching Ramsey play football. And he might not have done anything massive. Just see the way he drifted in, into the field, infield, or the way that you could see when the ball was played. There was one time when the ball was played long by Crystal Palace, and you could see that he was back there covering his left back. And I'm a sucker for someone who just does the right thing. It mightn't be flashy or spectacular, but if you just do the right thing all the time, you'll get 100% marks in my book. And I fucking love him. I just think he's really good. Um, I'm sorry, like I'm gushing over him. And, I'm, and some of you are going to say, oh, we're watching the same player. Well, it's what like I like know, in a guy. I'd like to know who he thinks underrates him because it's certainly not his manager because his, man- no. his manager I, has a bit of a romance going on there because he mentions him every chance he gets. And the manager before, I think, I think the manager yeah. before obviously gave him. But there was an interesting statistic. He's played forty games for forty games for for the senior squad at Aston for senior team Aston Villa. He's played thirty four games in the Premier League. And I'd like to know. And I, I went back through it. Obviously, I couldn't find the dates. And once again, answers on a postcard to anybody. I think Jack got to thirty four games when he was twenty. I don't think Gabriel like Bondahor got to thirty four games in the Premier League when he was twenty. And I think Gareth 
Barry got to 34 games in the Premier League before he was 20, or when he just just as he turned 20. That's that's kind of a measure, really, of 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 what people think of JJ. And now I could be wrong. You, some people might come and turn around and say, "Yeah, actually, there's been five or six other players that have have done it." But I'm just trying to think of the big players that have come through our academy in the last few years, in the last 10, 20 years. Obviously, Gareth Barry um, started off as a 17, 18 year old under John Gregory. Then you had Gabriel Bonlo, or you had um, you had Jack Grealish. Maybe Andy Vyman might have. But you know, to get that amount of exposure, 20, 34 games in the Premier League as and just turned twenty, that's huge. That, that that's that's huge for him, you know, and it's huge mm-hmm. for Aston Villa, and it's huge for the academy too. And and you know, we've heard some players say that they don't think that there's a pathway for young players through to. The, allegedly, we've heard some players say that we don't think that there's a pathway through to the first first team. But there's 34 games to somebody, and he's just turned 20. You know, that's your pathway through if you're willing to do the job and to do your work. You know, you get rewarded regardless of who the manager is. But JJ, absolutely, he's. I'm going to say it, Paddy. I'm going to say it. He's knocked house off the top of the porch for me. He's my boy. He's my boy. He's through thick and thin. It'll be J- it'll be Jacob Ramsey. His house has gone down to number two in my book now. That's it. So who's got, who's going to run the Courtney House fan club now? Yeah, I'd still run it. I'd I'd still run the club. That's no problem. But JJ uh, is JJ is now my um my new my new. Yeah. My new uh, my new uh, teacher's pet at the moment. I just, I just like the way Nutton phases him. I just, I just think he must be a dream player to coach. Yeah, he, he doesn't lose the head. You never see him giving lip back to the referee or any of the players or anything. He just seems to have everything about him that could make him a really top class midfielder. So I hope he keeps going the way he is. Um, someone mentioned in the comments there about his, his younger brother, his two younger yes. brother. I'd yeah. like to see come true because they say. Aaron is better, and then they I forget the third guy's name. He's only about 15 or 16. They think he's better again. Yeah. So what a what a uh, what a stepping stones we have there coming through. <laughs> and if they're all as good as JJ, I think we'll do okay. Absolutely. This this one made me laugh as I was going on through the comments from Fred Red. Thanks very much, Fred. What's the validity of reports of not this part that didn't make me laugh, but the second part? We're both dressed like we play for the Pakistani cricket team. <laughs> I can laugh off that we're in the <laughs> <laughs> but validity reports of Luis leaving um, I haven't really seen too many of them to be honest with you but with regards to uh, I, I, I'd i have to, to say that I I think it could be open season on, on some players leaving the team like like to not not to take not to take the window to the sales of, of stuff that's going on at the moment and good stuff but I think we might see one or two players that maybe we didn't expect to leave, maybe leave over the next 12 months or so, just with a new manager coming in. But I think that they'll leave for inflated fees based on what we paid for them. And sometimes that might be the best thing to do for both player and, and team. But I'm not, I, 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 I don't want, do I want him to leave? I, I don't think I want him to leave, but 23-year-old Brazilian international could command a pretty decent fee. Like, Let's say Shakhtar Donetsk came in with something like 40 million bid or Porto or someone like that. Unlikely, I know, but, um, yeah. you know, uh, Brazilian players are, are sought after all over the world and maybe that money might be might be too difficult to turn down for somebody like Douglas Luiz. I, I want him to stay, but haven't seen any reports, I suppose. Is, is, is... Yeah, I, I, I don't envisage... I don't envisage it happening that somebody will come in with a, a bid big enough to take him away. I definitely, I definitely don't see us selling him for less than what the... The Man City um, 
buyback clause was. Yeah, it's so mil. Uh, you mentioned Shakhtar Donetsk. That kind of money is gone. The China money is gone. You know, there's That's no right, money in yeah. France. There's a lot. There's a lot going on throughout the world. So I think I think you probably see if if anyone is going to leave, it'll be more the fringe players that are maybe not getting into the squad or uh, maybe feel that they're not getting enough game time. But yeah. that that'll all sort itself out. You know, I, after the, these two games, I, I've developed an awful lot of trust for the manager. So I'm sure he'll figure that out very quickly. Um, yeah, maybe so. Absolutely, maybe so as well. Um, I we, we, we I think we we'll wait until January to to kind of really start worrying mm. about that as well. Um, oh, there was another comment there I wanted. To... <laughs> Paul Thomas says the only negative that I had was Leon Bailey. Uh, the guy is trying to do too much when it's easier to do something simpler and retain possession. I must say I loved his back heel. His back heel passed to Matty Cash and Matty Cash. <laughs> took a shot, snatched at it, and it went wide. And he did it again a second time in the second half. And uh, uh, it wasn't in the first half. It was still actually in the first half. He did it a second time, and it went back to Matty Target as well. I like that, but I can see what you're saying. I, I think I think he's greasing the wheel to get going again at, um, uh, after injuries. But I thought, to, I, thought he was, I thought he was much improved than his last, last start, though, I must say. Mm. I thought he was much improved that he did cause threat in the first half. He just ran out of steam. He's tracking back isn't there at all. I'm not, I was going to say isn't there yet, but I'm going to say isn't there at all. Um, mm. So I think that's maybe something that we're going to have to live with. But um, Yeah. And bear in mind that he's in a position where he's played all throughout his career in, in a designated position that doesn't change. All of a sudden he's in a system where he needs to come further inside and play as close to the striker as, as, as they seem to want him to do. So he's going to have to get used to that too. He's more used to pulling out as far as he possibly can to nearly getting chalk on on his studs to give himself more space to run out of defender, but he just doesn't seem to have that right now. Mm, yeah, yeah, and a lot of comments there saying that Ashley Young has the has the assists record for Aston Villa in the Premier League. We forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah that's mad. That's yeah, mad. He didn't play for the club for ten years and he still has the fucking assist record. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um. Else? Actually, absolutely something else. Exactly. Um, ba -ba 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 -bum. yeah, there's a lot, there's a couple of comments in there as well about uh, potentially the fans are going to sing, sing Jack Grealish's name on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Paddy, if you were in the stadium, going to your head, would you sing Jack Grealish's name on Wednesday? I will be in the stadium, hopefully. I wasn't sure, but I wasn't sure. What do you what do you want to say? It? <laughs> yeah. I'll be in the stadium, providing Boris doesn't close the borders between now and Wednesday. Um, and will I sing his name? No, will I clap him back? Absolutely, but I won't be, it won't be singing he's one of our own or any of that old shite now at this stage. But mm. definitely, I would give him a welcome if, if I was to bump into him, I would uh offer him a welcome back for sure. And if there was a clap when he came out onto the pitch, I would join in for sure. I don't, I don't believe in any of the negativity now. I think we've moved on from it, and at the end of the day. He is one of us. He's made his decision, be it right or wrong, but he will get a clap from me for everything he's done for us while he was here. Mm, absolutely. Well, yeah, look, you have to appreciate... I, I appreciate what he's done, but look, he's moved on. We need to move on. I think yeah. I'm, I'm very much a rip the bandaid off type of guy. If he comes back mm -hmm. like Ashley Young did in five or six years' time, I'll cheer him to the rafters again, and I yeah. will... I will 
uh, jumped straight back into where I was when he left about how much mm. you know how much of a good footballer he is considering he still is a football a good footballer at that stage if he ever does come back. But you know, and I, uh, I'd, also, I'd also have a, a good laugh now if he fell over and got done for diving or something like that. That, I'd, that would be. Well, fun. it doesn't look like he's going to be fit anyway. For no, he's not, there, going so. be, he's not going to no. be fit. No, I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. envisage we're going to see him at yeah. any stage on Wednesday, unless he's sitting so, up in his box. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, cool. So, guys, I think uh, I, I don't want to go on too much with this one tonight. You know, I thank so much to everybody for their comments and for and for their questions. Um, I don't know what it is. There's something about this. I'm, I'm a bit, I was a bit kind of nervous doing this podcast. I don't know what it's the new environment, but I'm not too sure. I'm looking at stuff behind me and I'm trying to find, I'm going, oh, well, Jesus, that photo is, isn't, that one here isn't in line and it's all, it's all crooked. And now what's going on with Pomegranate's face there? I can see the reflection. I don't know what I'm picking up on that, but I'm really distracted tonight. I, I apologize to everybody for that. Um, <laughs> for that. You've nearly but, replicated it in fairness. I do, yeah, except everything is just the opposite way. It's kind of it's it's, it's similar, <laughs> but it's it's not the same. Um, but um, also thanks very much to to John. I finally got your clock up. I don't know. Is John is <laughs> he was there? He commented earlier. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John is there. I finally got your clock up. I mean, must, I do want to go to put a picture of that clock up on Twitter later on because. Or some heads on that clock. I think that you would, people might have forgot played for Aston Villa, um, but it's a class thing. I must actually get it working. I need to get a new battery, pop it into it because uh, I, it's. Uh, I think it still works, and um, yeah, it's going to. It's taking pride of place there behind me. So thank you very much for the clock. But guys, uh, I must run away. Uh, thank you so much for tonight. It's been a pleasure chatting this out. I don't think we're going to do a Man City preview. We might do. If time constraints don't 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 hit us, um, but we will do a team sheet tantrum the night of uh, the game, um, and we will be back to chat a small bit more on that. But what a great win! Six points out of six for Steven Gerrard. We're only three points. I think I think I saw today we're only three points off of Man United, if I'm not mistaken. They've only got they're they're on, uh, they're on sixteen points. We're on thirteen or something. Or right? they're on nineteen points. We're on sixteen. Um, if if that is the case, so look here, things are looking up. And uh, and with the, con- the way that the league is condensed at the moment, a couple of wins could rock us up there. And any points that we get from the next from the next three games, I think are going to be like goalless towards the end of the year. Um, so thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Um, you know, give this give this a like, give us a little thumbs up before you leave. It would really really help us and push it out there. Um, we broke the two thousand uh, subscribers mark, which thank you so much. Like without you guys kicking the like button, people don't get to see this stuff. So thanks so much. Uh, for all your help that you give us on the podcast. Um, as always, still going on at the moment, beer52 dot, beer52.com forward slash love will get you our offer on Beer52. If you're interested in getting a few beers for the next few games that are coming up over the over the next few weeks or even get them in before the um, the the Christmas uh, Christmas time, you'll get 10 beers there for $5.95, um, for $5.95 postage and packaging uh, as well. So uh, as I say, guys, we'll be back with a team sheet tantrum on Wednesday. And all that's left to say, I think, is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.